Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to be here with you today. Thank you for pressing play. Today's episode, I have a beautiful guest, Chelsea Adair, who is a soul sister. She is someone that I have personally mentored, and I'm just so proud of the work that she's doing in the world. She has some serious wisdom to share with all of you. So before we get into the interview, I want to say thank you to all of those, all of you who joined me for the Activate Your Soul Calling series last week and for my workshop this weekend. It was so powerful to be able to connect with the women who are in this community and to see how they were supporting one another and and encouraging and inspiring one another. And it just really fueled my soul to see the sisterhood connection that can happen in such a short amount of time. So For those of you who joined, thank you so much. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about the work of following your purpose and turning it into a soul-aligned business, or if you're wanting to really activate the light worker within you and bring your passion to life, I have my next group coaching program, which is starting on February 16th. It is called the Soul Calling Accelerator. If you are interested in exploring the Soul Calling Accelerator and working with me to develop your confidence, to really feel empowered in your gifts and feel worthy of sharing them with the world, to up-level your money mindset, and to really become an energetic match to call in the clients or the customers that are a great fit for your gifts, then please go ahead and send me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is at Amy Natalie Co. And I will send you the link to apply. And then we can set up a call and I'll share all of the details and see if it's a good fit for you. So make sure to do that ASAP so that you can join us in February if this is the right next step for you. And I can't wait to see who these last few ladies who are going to be joining me for this program are. All right, so let's get into our episode today with Chelsea Adair. We talk all about healing through embodiment and coming home to the body and to yourself Chelsea is a life coach for women with a passion for cultivating connection and changing the world one soul at a time. She takes a holistic approach to transformation by blending psychology, trauma-informed embodiment, and spirituality to support her clients on the journey of grounded evolution. 
Chelsea's training as an embodied flow yoga teacher and Reiki level one and two practitioner takes her life coaching practice beyond mindset shifts and intellectualization and into true embodied change. When she's not doing the work that she loves, you can find her hiking in the woods, catching a sunset on the beach, recording podcasts, and spending time with her loved ones. Her podcast is called Open and is now available on iTunes and Spotify. And Chelsea is really one of those practitioners who lives her work, who walks her talk, and I've seen her make tremendous, incredible changes in her life. So there's a lot of wisdom here for each and every one of you. I hope that you enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the other side. Hello, hello, Chelsea Adair. Welcome back to the Feminine Frequency. <laughs> hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, I had so much fun having you on the show when we did the Mastermind panel mm. and I've interviewed you several times and I don't think we've had like a solo show on the Feminine Frequency. Am no. I right? Yeah, we have it. We have it. This is the first. Amazing. Well, welcome. Thank you for being here. And it's lovely to have you in my home and for us to be able to have just like a sister chat and really highlight and share your wisdom and excited to just see what codes come through today and what's meant to be shared with our listeners. So mm, yes, love that. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. As am I. So um, I really want to highlight and just like dive into your own personal journey with embodiment. And then we can talk about how we can use embodiment as like a way to connect more deeply with ourselves and really what the tool of embodiment, how it can be utilized, um, in our real life and our day-to-day life. Um, and yeah, I would love to just start with your journey and, and, when did you start to get into this work around being embodied? Mm. Well, this is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting because I couldn't really pinpoint when this journey began really until more recently. So I guess if I'm going to start from the very beginning, I'll preface it by saying embodiment has been my journey because it was my healing tool. There's a lot of trauma in my, in my history, in my story, quote unquote. And I didn't realize until I started learning more about somatic experiencing and learning how the body actually operates and works that trauma can actually separate our spirit and soul from the body. So my journey has been bringing my spirit and my soul back into this vessel that is my body and just really feeling safe to navigate the world from that space because from a young age that was very much like muted and the disassociation that can occur when there is any kind of like emotional disruption in the family home at school like whatever it is it can be very minute but you know our souls vary on our paths and I've probably lived many many lives so um so yeah so when there is that disruption in the outside world we tend to I tended to leave my body in different ways and just I found myself wanting to escape Mm -hmm. in a sense and you know that showed up for me throughout my life 
in many different patterns, behaviors, like relationships. Um, I would say relationships was a big way for me to escape my own body and my own being and place my attention and focus on something outside of me. Um, so that was probably like the first way that I started to disassociate from my body. Um, and not even necessarily like relationships romantically, but even like relationship with parents, like over identifying with their emotional needs caused my soul to want to separate from my body. Mm. And so I will say to you, like, I didn't know any of this until very recently. And I got like very clear guidance and, and almost like a channeled message from source. Like, this is like, what has happened and this is your story. Like you don't need an explanation, but here's like why everything has happened the way that it has in your life. And it's why embodiment is such a big part of my personal journey and also what I'm here to share and teach because it's what I literally experienced throughout my life was the, the disassociation of me being in my body and, and really that causing confusion on my path of who am I, like, what do I want? What do I want to do before even thinking like, what am I here to do? Mm. You know, it was always hard for me to make decisions. I, I remember even identifying as someone who was indecisive, like I can't ever make decisions, you know, like I would identify as that. And it's because I wasn't, I couldn't be present in my body. Like I was not physically aligned in a way where I felt connected to what I needed and wanted, what my nervous system wanted, like what excited me, what deterred me. Like I couldn't calculate (laughs) that very well. And so that showed up in like making very rash decisions. Um, one being like going to college, I was supposed to go to Oklahoma And like last minute, literally in July, the week before I was supposed to look at my dorms, I just knew viscerally that was actually probably the first instance where I can identify when I felt my intuition could not explain it, but just had to, had to do it. And so a lot of the things in my, a lot of the decisions I made wouldn't make sense, but it was because I would, yeah, it's because I would get this like feeling like, no, this is the decision you're supposed to make. And I would do it. But, you know, from people outside of you, that just kind of looks like irrational decision making, you know, and like just, um, poor planning or whatever that is. And in hindsight, I can see how it was like my intuitive guidance taking me to the next place that I needed to go. So my point in, in saying that all of that is to really touch on how, disconnected I was from my ability to tap into what I really wanted to do. And it was only when I was in states of absolute pressure or like, I have to make this choice or this is going to be what happens if you do do X, Y, and Z. It was only then that I would have that like intuition kick in and I'd be like, okay, got it. Have to follow that. So I experienced a lot of loss of identity, I guess I would say, or even just like underdevelopment of identity throughout my teenage years, my, my early twenties and being outside of 
my body, it almost felt like I was watching a life but didn't know how to <laughs> navigate it. And so um, one, of the, one of the ways in which I removed myself from my body, like I said before, was relationships, just like going from partner to partner because I needed a, a distraction and like um, drugs and alcohol and like substance abuse, partying, like going to festivals, you know, just like constant out-of-body experiences and I'm I'm grateful to say now like I'm you know I don't struggle with drugs and alcohol I don't struggle with relationships being like a source of of um, safety or something that I really need in my life and I can only equate that to my ability now to feel fully safe and grounded in my system and in my body to where I don't need outside substances or people or anything outside of me to affirm my beingness or to affirm that like you're safe or, you know, like it's just become my baseline. Mm -hmm. And I had to, like I said, you know, before, like I had to get so far on the other end of like, shit hits the fan for me to actually listen and, and relearn how to be here present in my body and how to, how to feel my intuition and how to navigate my life from that place and trust myself enough to, Mm. to follow the guidance, to receive the messages, to, to, um, meet the people I'm meant to meet and to be open to that. And like, it's, it's beyond words. It's something that's inexplicable, which I think is why, like when, when we talk about embodiment and whenever I talk about it, it's interesting too, because just before I came here, I, I ended up running to a couple of friends so divinely planned because I wasn't planning to go for a walk. Another example of what happens when you listen to your intuition, I was making a smoothie at home and got this ping to just go for a walk, like take the smoothie for a walk. So I did, ran into two friends and we ended up talking about like what it means to be here in the body and why it's so important. Like we are on our spiritual quest, on our spiritual journey. And oftentimes when we think about that, we equate it with being kind of like up in the clouds, like meditation sometimes can actually be a way to escape the body and not really be fully present. And what I have found on my journey is actually our ability to be in the body is the most spiritual groundedness we'll ever experience because this body, this vessel literally is the physical manifestation of God that your soul came here to occupy. Mm -hmm. And just being in that and and receiving that gift and feeling into the gift and and finding joy in this physical body and being and not escaping it is really how I anyone you know can manifest their their creations into form we just have to be here present in the body Mm. Yeah, so you mentioned that the soul will leave the body or the spirit will leave the body and and oftentimes that's 
from previous traumas. And so I I would love for you to share a little bit more about what that is. Is it to avoid the pain of being in the body? Is it to protect itself? Do you know why the spirit and the soul leaves the body through trauma? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think different practitioners and, and, and scholars and studiers of this work might have different opinions, but the way in which I see it is it's how we're actually protecting ourselves. It's the bravest and most courageous thing we can do in that moment is to leave because if we're in the body, it can be very, very painful. And so what our soul says is like, we're not ready to feel that pain. Like, let's just (laughs) get out of here. And in specific instances, you know, if somebody has experienced like physical abuse or sexual trauma, like that ability to dissociate can actually be a blessing, right? Because we can leave for momentarily. Um, But what I believe when we're experiencing a traumatic event and our soul and our spirit give us this gift of leaving the body, it's actually our job to bring it back in. And we can't always control whether or not the spirit and soul stay in the, stays in the body when we go through a traumatic experience. What we can control is our ability to create the safe container and trust the container enough to invite that back in. And when our body is a safe space and we can feel that for ourselves, even after a traumatic experience, the soul and spirit feels safe enough and trusts enough in this vessel to come back. And so, yeah, I do think trauma, oftentimes our soul and spirit will leave the body because of, of the level of pain that will be felt if we're there. And truly the, the, the most important thing that it does is it keeps us safe and that's why it's doing it. Mm. Yeah. So what does it feel like to actually be in your body? We, I think like the disassociation, you described it as like almost like watching and like watching your life from above and not really being in it. Like there's Mm -hmm. a disassociation of some sort. So what does it feel like to come back home into the body and to be in the body? Mm. Grounded, Mm -hmm. what it feels like. It feels very, it feels like that really deep exhale that allows you to land. Um, You know, sensation and feeling are such an interesting topic because my descriptors might be completely different from your descriptors to her descriptors to whoever. And, you know, for me, the sensory experience, I love like storytelling, writing poems and things like that. So I, I, I can find these words that can inform me on what my felt experience is, but you know, sometimes that can feel different to a person. And, and sometimes I feel really activated, meaning like I feel really like energized when it's in there. And so being, being embodied is a sense of like groundedness and stability that it just feel, you feel at ease. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about the state of anxiety, which I think most people can relate to experiencing at some point on their journey. And it's that, I think it's the most visceral fight or flight response that we can associate with where you notice that like your heart is racing and like your breath is short and just this sensation of being in the head and like completely not in the body. It's not a full, it's not always a full dissociation, but that's what I feel is like 
the the most tangible example for people of what it feels like to not be in your body, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and to have that fight or flight response, and then yeah, the embodied feeling of feeling grounded, of feeling safe, of feeling present of being with the breath of feeling your senses in your body like there is something really beautiful and powerful that we have access to when we are here and the reason that association is like it's too much pain to feel and and really practicing what does it feel like to feel good in your body not Mm -hmm. just feel pain in the body Mm When I first met you, you were a personal trainer, mm-hmm. um, and I'm curious to know about you know the path from where you were as a personal trainer because that you know even still is a practice. It's interesting that you went down the path of being a personal trainer that yeah. like is a practice of movement, but it's not necessarily the practice of bringing like the soul back into the body. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people find this through yoga, through mm-hmm. um, they they find a sense of embodiment or coming back home to the body through the practice of yoga. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about like the path from when you were a personal trainer to the work that you do now and like kind of what that shift has been for you. Yeah. I'm so glad that you asked that. And one thing I do want to circle back on and, and address and speak into that you just mentioned before that was the anxiety. Um, because like you said, it's the most common way that we experience that people in general experience that visceral response. What I find and what I see and just from other things that I've studied, the the struggle isn't necessarily the visceral response. It's our willingness to acknowledge it and just accept it instead of run from it because that will create more of the same. And it's, again, that learning how to build a safe container and an anchoring within your body so that we can feel the anxiety without the overwhelm of like, I'm going to die, which I understand. I I had panic disorder for a while and anxiety. And like, I understand what that feels like. And, And now being where I'm at, I realize like it was such a big emotion for me and such a big visceral feeling that I didn't trust my body to hold yet. And so in the process of embodiment, when we learn how to build this like safe container, anxiety just becomes another one of those emotions, like pleasure and joy. And Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's so fascinating to think about how our bodies can hold those different feelings and sensations. And specifically what you said, like not just identifying pain, but being able to identify pleasure and experience it because like that is the fun in life, you know, but the body needs safety in order to feel that. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. And I always find that fascinating to visit. Um, so yeah, I was a personal trainer (laughs) and I was actually in school to pursue a career in physical therapy. I worked as a physical therapist assistant at the time as well. So I was in a place where I was a personal trainer, physical therapist assistant, and going to school for physical therapy. So everything had to do with the body, but in a very different way than I'm explaining now. Um, I see it now as being critical to my path, like it needed to be there because of the anatomy and physiology that I learned. And also in working with many different bodies and humans and just seeing their response to injuries, their responses to pain, their responses to exercise, like experiencing how the body can change and shift, not just in weight, 
or in healing um, ailments or healing after surgeries, um, but just witnessing how the body can transform and transmute, whether they knew it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so really when the transition began or why it began, one of the reasons was in the physical therapy clinic, I was, I was an assistant. So I would basically do all the exercises with the patients. And what it looked like was I was the assistant for one of the doctors and we have most of the time, three patients at a time. So she would be working with one on the table doing like the actual, medical aspect of it. And then I would do the exercises, the corrective exercises with two patients at a time. So knowing what I know now about energy and, and the subtle body experience, that was three container, like three people's different energy, energetic fields that I was responsible for and in every hour with no like break in between. And not everyone is very sensitive to energy. So for some people, that's an excellent like career and a way to do it, right? Like you get to see a lot of patients, you, yeah, it's, it's efficient. But for someone who is very sensitive to energy, which I didn't really even know that I was until this point, I started to feel <laughs> the shoulder injuries that were actually marital problems or the back pain that was actually a work issue and like all these energetic subtleties that were living in these people's bodies. I could feel it and, and I could sense it, but I didn't have a way to describe it. And it was mind boggling to me. And so I started studying Chinese medicine and like I got into acupuncture for a little bit, not the actual field, but just kind of learning about it. And that opened me up to the meridians and the chakras. And I started learning more about that. And when I realized that, and I was also practicing yoga like six days a week, I was an avid um, rock climber and would climb like seven days a week. So I was very connected to my body in that way. So I was experiencing that. Um, And I I can see in hindsight now now how that was actually the way that I was releasing other people's energies from my body Mm. after those exhausting, you know, like sessions at work and then my own personal training clients. Um, So eventually it kind of, it caught up to me and I was like, physical therapy is not my thing. I don't really want to give you an exercise prescription to help your hip after surgery. It's not what I'm passionate about. There are people that are meant to do that. And I'm so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful that spirit guided me to that position because it was an excellent clinic. Like it's a top clinic in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So anyone and everyone would want to work there if you were a student. And I'm so grateful that I got that experience because not only did I get the experience of the assistant, but I got like an experience that was like, okay, this is, if you were to go into this career field, this is like what the best would look like. Do you want it? And I was like, no, not really. So yeah, just having that experience allowed me to make the decision for myself to drop out of school, step away from that, go personal training full time on my own. I left the gym. I was working at a gym originally Mm -hmm. and it was (laughs) shit show, Mm -hmm. but it was necessary on my path to go through that, to have those experiences hands-on working with with clients and exercises and, and just seeing how the body moved and, and how injuries manifested that 
oftentimes because they would share their lives with me when I was, Mm -hmm. you know, with the patients, like I would hear about their lives and I could just see and feel that her shoulder issue was not a shoulder issue. You know, it was marital problems or problems at work. So yeah, it, it really opened me up to a different level of healing with the body that I wanted to tap into. So I think that the transition happened naturally, you know, according to divine order, like it was meant to happen in that way. And, and it was terrifying because how do you, you can't quantify energy really. You can't, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to explain to somebody. So that's what I struggled with. Like identity crisis almost for a couple of years of being like, I don't know how to describe this to you. I just feel it. Mm -hmm. What do I, how do I describe this? I don't know. I don't know what to say. So it created this contraction in my body of like, nothing you're saying makes sense. Like your people are going to think you're weird. If you like share about it from that space, like how do you explain embodiment? You don't know all these like stories because I was in such a like science world from the beginning. So yeah, it was really a, a, a divinely guided transition and an unraveling mm-hmm. and an integrating of everything I learned. So mm-hmm. And then you went to Bali and got certification. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, then I went to Bali and here we are. Yeah. 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 Going to Bali even too, was just like, so I, I went to Bali for two months for, for anyone listening that doesn't, um, know me. Um, I went to Bali in 2019 for two months to do a yoga teacher training through the school of embodied flow. And I was just drawn to that, that field of study, which was a psychosomatic approach to yoga, as well as a tantric approach to yoga. And I didn't really know what tantra was at the time. I didn't think it was what everyone thought it was just like about sex, you know, I was like, no, there's something here. It's deeper. And my take on it is, you know, it's, we are everything. I am everything. I am Shiva, Shakti, masculine, feminine, all of it. I'm all of it. And that really helped me understand embodiment because instead of looking for things outside of me to fulfill a certain archetype or whatever I needed, like if I needed to be brave, like I would rely on my other friends. Like, you know, it it allowed me to see that I am everything and I I can access that. So yeah, going into that field of, of study and getting really curious about the body and philosophy from that sense yeah, it changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I love that you have family in Bali. Like you're yeah. like people go to Bali because they're like, oh, it's this like amazing <laughs> place that it's like the pilgrimage, right? But <laughs> like you actually have roots and history in Bali, which yeah. is really cool. I loved finding that out and learning that about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did it made it more special, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to um, actually when it does come to embodiment, you know, like returning to your roots is mm-hmm. important. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Amazing. So you have a program right now called coming home and I want to just really bring that to light and have a conversation of what that means and, and really the, the philosophy of what that means to come home to oneself. I think mm-hmm. that as a collective, we're going through, I know that as the, as a collective, we're going through a big awakening right now. And a lot of people are really being asked to come home to themselves and, um, would love for you to share a little bit about what that work is about and, Mm -hmm. and why it's so important. 
especially right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially right now. I mean, we are confined to our homes quite literally. And I think it, it has been an awakening and such a beautiful opportunity for us to pause and explore our inner landscape, our inner home, and and to me what it means and, and the way that I see it for other people too is, you know, your, your home is your sense of safety, of stability, of refuge, of trust. You know, your home's there. You know, you live there. You know, there's a bed there, right? Like if uh, being as blessed as we all are, um, you know, that is your home. You know, you have a kitchen. You know that there's a shower, right? You, you trust that it's there and it's going to house you for all the things that you need, for all your basic needs. Your body is no different. Your body is your home and it's there to house every emotion that you feel, every every piece of resistance that you feel, anxiety, depression, anger, frustration, pleasure, play, connection, all of those things, if you think of them as rooms in your home, they all exist within us. And what we as a collective get to tap into and learn now is we don't want to shut the door on any rooms in our homes. We also don't want to only keep one door open. It's important to, to realize that all of these aspects of being human exist within the body. And rather than just shutting the door on them or, you know, letting, letting emotional experiences um, get trapped in the body, we get to house them and nurture them and, and help them understand that it's, it's okay. Like it's hard, but it's, this is where you can come to rest in my body and our, our bodies. The thing with embodiment and coming home is this is a whole other topic, but I know you have a lot of podcast episodes on this, so this is great, but the masculine feminine, right? And like understanding that they both live within us and the masculine seeks structure and and step one, step two, step three, here's what you're going to get. The feminine is comfortable with flow and dancing and, and without the inf- like without being informed, she knows how to dance out her emotion. She knows how to move through life in, in a way that is graceful. And also just what she's most concerned about is that it feels good for her. And <clears throat> the journey of embodiment is so beautiful because it invites us into the feminine and it asks us to be inquisitive, to be willing to excavate everything that you've learned and to be willing to let go of the desire for step one, step two, step three process because it doesn't exist in embodiment. And that's the most challenging thing for most of us, right? But it's like when you actually experience yourself letting go and 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 meeting your body where it's at and, and dropping into surrender and receivership, each time you do that, you're building trust with yourself. So each time you do that, you're building trust, you're creating a really stable foundation inside of your body so that when anxiety comes to visit next time, you feel safe to process it and you understand that it doesn't last forever and you you understand how to move it because you've experienced. Your body will actually tell you, this is how you move anger, this is how you move frustration, how you move whatever it is and to come home to our bodies means that we're acquainted enough with all of these rooms in our homes to 
be able to house mm. every part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So beautifully explained and articulated. And I really do believe that embodiment is the future of healing. I believe that it's a modality that we actually need for healing. There's a lot of different ways of healing. And even in, in my own journey, you know, we, we can do a lot of healing through the mind. We can do a lot of healing through energy work. And there's something that is just so, I feel, necessary about tapping into your body's own wisdom to heal and to process and to move energy and to have these tools and to have this practice of being able to hold yourself through emotions is what I think we need in a world where, you know, we can't predict what's going to happen. There's always something that will come up in life and to be able to nurture yourself through that and move yourself through that. I think it requires the mindset work, the energetic work and the embodiment work. I think that we need all of it. And I do feel like more recently, the awareness around embodiment is being activated, is being turned on, is being shared. And I'm really excited because I'm about to start my journey with a new embodiment certification and to go deeper into my own journey with my own body. And, you know, your story with your body comes through, you know, your experience with trauma and leaving the body mine comes through a lot of negative self-talk and like act actively disliking and hating my body on a daily basis where I just, you know, didn't want to be in my body. And, and I think that embodiment is, is really such a healing place for women in a world where the body is so, there's so much shame around the body and there's so much, uh, even chronic pain or illness that lives in the body because we're not processing emotions and we're not taught to process emotions in a healthy way. So really feel like embodiment is um, a, a next level way to transmute and to alchemize like all of the pain and all of the suffering and all of the, the areas that we're looking to heal. And sometimes we don't have words for it. Sometimes we can't figure it out in the mind. It's not all about science. It's all, a lot of it is like wisdom, body wisdom that like she knows how to heal. She knows how to process and move. And sometimes we don't have the words for it. So I'm really excited about, you know, the work that you're doing. And I'm really excited about bringing embodiment to my community um, in a whole new way, in my own way. Um, and really teaching women how to come back home, like you said, to, to the body, to the feminine and to have that masculine structure of feeling safe in your own, within yourself, not seeking safety and security outside of you. I really love that you shared that as part of your journey too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you for sharing about your experience with embodiment and about the concept of coming home and really being able to, to be with all the different emotions um, and being able to stay in the body while doing that. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. you sharing where you're at on your journey. I know you're always evolving and growing and continuing to follow your own path. So I want to just take a moment to celebrate you for that. I love every time that we, you know, connect that there's always 
this new wisdom or a new activation that's coming online <laughs> and it's really fun to experience. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that reflection. Yeah. And for the ladies who are listening today, where can they find you and continue to connect with you? Yeah. So everyone's favorite Instagram is <laughs> the easiest way to find me at Chelsea Adair. Um, so just my first name and last name. Uh, you can also find me on my website at chelseaadair.com. I have a blog there, um, so you can just read all my musings. And if you're interested in working together, Coming Home is a course that I have, and it's an eight-week program, so you can learn more about it on my website. And, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Love you. I love you. Mm. <laughs> Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast with Chelsea Adair. Make sure to follow her over on Instagram and stay connected. She is doing powerful work in the world. And again, a reminder that my next group coaching program, the Soul Calling Accelerator, starts on February 16th. If you're interested in learning more information and seeing if it's a good fit for you, you can send me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is at Co, and we can see if it's a good fit and chat about all of the details. I look forward to connecting with you on there and I hope that you have a beautiful day. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.